All right, Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, we're in the series called The Daily Christians on Sunday night. And uh, Hebrews chapter 12, I'm sure you're already there. I apologize, I'm not there. I usually have a bookmark, not tonight. And uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at verse 1 down to verse 3, and uh, let's read it together if we can. Ready? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. And I'd like to speak to you tonight, the days in our journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this new journey you have given us. What a great encouragement to recognize that this journey is filled with promises and hope and also faith. And I pray you help us to be encouraged tonight. And I pray you lift us up. And uh, sometimes we, we, we could be cast down. We could truly be discouraged. But I pray that you help us to be encouraged tonight through this uh, preaching of your word and through the scripture that we'll see together. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Christian life can be summarized by this challenging and yet comforting word called the journey. I see challenging because the Christian life is not easy since we're not part of this world. And uh, Christ gives a clear understanding that the world is not too fond of us. In John 15, verse 18, the Bible says, If the world hates and uh, not dislike, but hate you. You know that he hated me before he hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you for the world, hateth you. Remember the word I said to you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my shame, they will keep yours also. Uh, Christians, let's truly face the fact, as Christ put it very well, we're not greater than our Savior, Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ was hated, hey, we will also be hated. And we will also be despised, and we will be neglected, and then we'll be pushed to the corner. And Apostle Paul also instructs his young preacher in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. No man that worth entangleth himself with the affair of this life, that he may please him who hath chose him to be a good soldier. You know, as we think about hardness and as we think about difficulties and and warring as the bible calls it i believe as we think about these verses in scripture uh, our christian life and this journey that god has given us is not sometimes smooth but it could be rocky and tough and the churn then the journey is challenging but also let us all agree as much as it is challenging it is also comforting it is comforting and uh why because Christ is with us in this journey. And thank God he is with us, as the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I think about what the Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 20, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And Jesus
Jesus Christ prays in John 14, and I'll, I'm sorry, not prays, and, but uh, speaks to the disciples in John 14, verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. In that same chapter, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. In verse 20 of that same chapter again, at that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, in me, and I in you. So as we are in this journey, may we recognize that it is challenging, yes, and we're supposed to be good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also it is comforting because our captain of our salvation is with us. Jesus Christ is with us. Oh, do you already have some heartaches this year in your journey? Remind yourself that Christ is with you. Do you have some doubts and maybe even some loneliness in this year already? Oh, remember that Christ is with you. Do you have some disappointments in this year already? Oh, remember that Christ is abiding with you. Do you have some uh, time where you wanted to give up uh, 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 in this uh, 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 second month of 2014? Oh, remember that Christ is with you. You see, the journey is not easy, but it does not need to be alone. Journey of Abraham was not easy, leaving his homeland and then going to a different foreign country with different languages and different culture, not to abide in any sense, building a structure of his own home, but he was abounding in tents as strangers and pilgrims, and he was tested in every way in that area of life. But Jesus Christ was with him, God was with him, and he was able to fulfill that journey by faith. I think about journey that Moses had to endure in his life, leading millions of Jews, complaining all the time in the wilderness, and not even able to see the promised land. But he was not alone, and he was able to finish that journey. Journey for Joshua was not easy conquering the mighty cities of Canaan, but he was not alone, and he was able to fulfill everything that the Lord has commanded to do. I think about David. His journey was not easy. After he was anointed by Samuel, and a lot of things were not looking up, but he was looking down, and Saul was chasing him in every corner of Judah, and also uh, uh, his uh, 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 own son in the latter years of his life rebelled against him and stripped away his own kingdom, and he was chased out of his own city of Jerusalem. But he fulfilled that journey of his life because God was still with him. I think about Daniel in the Bible, and he was being cast into the end of lions, and he did nothing wrong. He was falsely accused, but thank God the mouths of lions were shut and that he was delivered from that persecution, and that he was truly lifted, and, and, and God's glory was magnified. And the reason why was because God was with him in that den of lions. I think about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. His, their journey was not easy as they were uh, in a strange country called Babylon, and they were, uh, 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 they were actually cast into a fire-burning furnace, and it was heated three times hotter, and even those soldiers were burned, and they died, and, but they endured that persecution, and that fourth person was there as Nebuchadnezzar witnessed, and that fourth person being the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was with them. I think about journey of Peter was not easy. Oh, it was smooth as he was with Jesus and listening to Jesus, seeing the miracles of Jesus 
and uh, uh, seeing the transfiguration of Jesus and walking on water with Jesus and everything was looking up, but the Garden of Gethsemane happened and everything was stripped away and everything that he expected was not happening and he denied the Lord not once, not twice, but three times and he went up to Galilee and he started fishing again and everything looked down, but thank God, 50 days later, he was revived through prayer and, and, and having the Holy Spirit encourage him and he was able to preach at the day of Pentecost and saw 3,000 people saved and he was able to see the great area of Samaria as we look at it in the book of Acts and he was able to go there and minister to those people and he was a great apostle and he died the martyr's death and, and, and being crucified upside down. Why was he able to do that? Because Jesus Christ was with him. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just simply saying with all the characters in the Bible, hey, you're not alone. And uh, I believe that these people who went through a lot of difficulties and, and they endure all those things as a good soldier, hey, we could do the same and they're not greater than us. Hey, they, had, they were flesh as we are today and, uh, and we have the same God of yesterday and, 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 and that we must make sure that we trust in him and because he is always with us. And, and let us be comforted today as much as uh, uh, we have many trials and difficulties and heartaches and disappointments. Hey, Christ is with us right there. And uh, thank God for that. I think about what uh, Paul said. His journey was not easy. He was scourged five times by the Jews in perils of water, in perils of his own countrymen, in perils of robbers, in perils in the wilderness. But he was able to rise in 2 Timothy chapter 4. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. And verse 17, notwithstanding the Lord. With me. Man, thank you. I'm simply saying this evening, no matter how hard the journey, how difficult the journey, how lonely the journey, Christ is there to stand with us and to strengthen us. And uh, you might be in any, uh, you, you might be a Christian today and you're the only person who goes to church in your family. And you feel discouraged, you feel a little disappointed, you feel let down all the time. And and I was thinking, I was talking to a Christian brother, and, and he mentioned this other uh, a Christian brother in our church, and he said, oh, I always tend to get worried about that young man because, you know, uh, his parents don't go to church, but he's been here faithfully now all these years. I wonder how long it will last. And, uh, you know, of course, I try to encourage him and say, I think the Lord is with him, and I think he knows that as well. And, and by the way, how we need to try to do our best to encourage those who are coming to church on their own and by their choice, even though people around them, the immediate family, is not coming to this church. Hey, let us encourage them, God's people say. And uh, we got to lift them up and help them along. And, uh, but I'm simply saying, I don't know what situation you're in today. Oh, Christ is with you. As much as it is hard, hey, it is sweet because Christ is with you. I think about John Patton, the great missionary to the uh, 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 Hebrid Island, uh, 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 Hebrides, I'm sorry, Hebrides in the, in the southern Pacific. And one night, hostile na natives surrounded the mission station, intent on burning out the Pattons and killing them. Peyton and his wife prayed during that terror-filled night that God would deliver them. And when they not, daylight came and they were ama amazed to see their attackers leave, a year later, a chief of the tribe was converted to Christ, remembering what happened on that night. Patton asked the chief what had kept them from burning down the house and killing them. The chief replied in surprise, 
Who are all those men with you on that night? And Patrick knew no men were present. But the chief said he was afraid to attack because he had seen hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords circling the mission station. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 if you think about that miraculous illustration, you know, let us make sure as much as in every sense, John Patton was protected by God. Hey, we're also protected by God as well. And uh, sometimes we don't see uh, God, you know, visually with our own eyes, but he is with us, my friends. Oh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we might, we might see the protection and the provision of God in our journey. We might not see that in our physical eyes, but when we get to heaven someday, we will see that God, will, God was always there for us during those times of hardship. And even though journey seems so hard and tough, hey, let us recognize that Christ is with us. How should we observe the journey that God has set out for us in our lives? And, and how can we possibly look up and see the, uh, the great spiritual side in all the things that happens in our journey? I'll share with you three encouraging part of the journey of our Christian walk this evening. And I believe that this will truly help us to consider uh, daily in how we need to behave and how we need to run this race that God has given us. Number one, let's think about the days of purity. Let's think about the days of purity. Verse one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, uh, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And as we think about this verse here, many people take it as a discouraging thing. But we must realize that living a Christian walk in purity is encouraging. And though you see Christ and our God is with us in this journey, and he wants us to live pure and holy because he is holy and pure. I think about 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is, uh, that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, now fashioning yourselves according to the form of lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written... Be holy, for I am holy. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope we're walking a journey of holiness and not worldliness. Because in order for us to know his close presence in our lives and to recognize that he is always there for us, we need to uh, uh, make sure that we live a holy life that would make us to draw closer to him. Notice the words here, let aside every weight. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. And the sin which does so easily beset us. You know, when we're carrying weights and sins in our journey, it can easily hinder us uh, from walking with our God closely. And uh, weights are necessary sinful, and, uh, and that's why uh, uh, the Bible gives a contrast, weight and sin. They're not in the same category, and, uh, but weights could be a distraction in our life. And, uh, and it could be TV. It could be an internet. It could be social networking. It could be cars. And it could be work. It could be, it could be a hobby. And anything that consumes you too much of your time and, 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 and from knowing the presence of Christ. We must recognize that the journey with Christ must be holy and dedicated to Christ. And we need to put down some weights that distracts us, my friend. 
What is distracting you from reading the Word of God? What is distracting you from praying in the Holy Spirit? What is distracting you in hearing the preaching of God's Word? What is distracting you in uh, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ in your own? And what is distracting you? Are, is it friends? And uh, is it your career? Are you a wor- workaholic? And uh, 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 are you, in every sense, always trying to please others? I don't know what it is, what kind of weight you carry in having this journey to be more closer with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to encourage you, put those weights away so that you can freely run to Christ and be closer to him than ever before. Because Christ is worth it, amen? You might have a pleasure of hobby and pleasure of weights that you always carried in your life, and you love it. But ladies and gentlemen, being with the Lord Jesus Christ is much more sweet. Being with the Lord Jesus Christ is much more worthy. It's much more uh, 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 to be remembered and, and having that uh, a feeling of satisfaction in our lives. We need to lay aside and give up the weights and also even the sins. And we need to be willing to face persecution and hatred even from the world, to stand upright. I think about 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You know, many people think that being under the sub- subjection of living a pure life is a burden, not a blessing. But, uh, but uh, let us uh, remind ourselves that, uh, 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 that when Christ saved us, Christ saved us so that we could be free from that's why he said to his disciples in John 8, then said to, his, to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. These Jews believed in the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, if ye continue in my word, in my commandments, hey, truth shall make you free. Hey, Jesus Christ saved us, not so that we could be in bondage of sin again, and not that we could, uh, not, not so that we could uh, 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 live a worldly life. No, God has set us free so that we could live a life free from sin. Because before we were saved, all we knew was sin. We didn't even know that it was sin. And after we got saved, hey, what happens? We realize that, hey, it is simple to do those things. It is simple to listen to that. It is simple to look at the wrong websites. It is simple to read those kind of books. It is simple to be around those worldly people who hate God and, and always talk down about the word of God. It is, it is, it is simple, and, and I want to make sure my ears and, and, and my eyes and, and my mouth and my thoughts are right before the Lord. And I'm sure many have experienced that in your life. Why? Because God has set you free from sin. So that you know what is truly righteousness and wickedness. And, 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 Christ, and, and Apostle Paul put it very well. Hey, we're not the servants of sin anymore, according to Romans 6. We're servants of righteousness. We're servants of righteousness. By the way, you're not missing anything by not living in the world. Let the world have their journey, and we'll have our, our own with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let, their, let the world have their fun and simple loves. You're not missing anything. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. It is way more fun to be with Jesus 
It is way more pleasurable to be with Jesus. And uh, as we think about <coughs> putting aside a, a a weight and sin, uh, 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 many people do fear putting all those things away because they don't want to be a bigot or a fanatic in the eyes of the world. And they don't want to look different. They don't want to be different. And, and they don't want to act different. But the word of God is very clear that it's when we are different that they have more chances of being saved. Go to your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, please. 1 Peter chapter 2. In your workplace, you need to be different. And in your family gathering, if you're around people who are not saved, you need to be different. Why? Uh, it's that when you're different, they consider God and they consider a holy God uh, who is uh, to be feared and that they could truly be ready at that day of visitation. First Peter chapter 3, look at verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, that's where we are, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And we have a conscience and, and uh, we know that it is wrong. In verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they're against you at that time. But they, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. What was, he, what was Apostle Peter saying? Hey, make sure you live a different life so that they behold that testimony. Yes, they're accusing you to be evildoers, but you keep on doing the good things that God has chosen you to do and continue in the good works because maybe in the future they'll glorify God in the day of visitation. Maybe in the future they'll be saved. That's how God used Daniel in the Babylonian Empire and the Persian Empire. He was out of the ordinary. Every Jewish young man from that captivity were eating the king's meat. But Daniel stood out and he stood up and spoke and he said, we're not going to take the king's meat. We're not taking the, uh, the idol's meat. And he became a bigot and a fanatic. Just give us water and give us herbs to eat. But next you know, God did a miraculous thing. God blessed Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and Nebuchadnezzar uh, relied on Daniel and his friends more for wisdom and for understandings of the time. And King Nebuchadnezzar, in the latter chapters, we see that he praised the God of heaven. And, uh, and I believe it all started because Daniel was different. Everybody in the Persian palace did not want to pray to the God of heaven, but Daniel did. When the decree was passed, the Bible says that he went to the window and looking toward Jerusalem, and he prayed to God three times a day as he did a four times. Thank God for that. He knew the decree was passed, but he stood out anyway. And he said, it's okay if I am a bigot. It's okay if I'm a fanatic, and, and it's okay if they call me crazy. I want to praise the God of heaven. I want to pray to him. And Daniel being different in his journey with God, the Persian king has to consider the God, the Jehovah God, the real God. And uh, we must consider how the world is watching our journey every single day. You know, your employees are watching you. Your employers are watching you. Your family members are watching you. Your parents are watching you. Your children are watching you. And the whole world is watching you. You might not notice it, notice it, but they are. And because we're the light of the world. I heard about a light bulb in Livermore, California. 
that has burned almost continuously since 1901. Wow. The Livermore Power and Light Company gave the bulb, amazingly, to the Livermore Volunteer Fire Department over a century ago, and it has been burning ever since with a few short interruptions, I guess. Not in the sense that the bulb cracked or anything like that, but they had a transfer of maybe a different location. But now it has not been turned off since 1976. And it outlasted three video cameras, that light bulb. And as you consider that little illustration, as just as the Livermore bulb has burned faithfully, the Christian light can never go out because the world is watching us around the clock. And we need to be like a city that's up on a hill, lit up, my friends. And we don't have a canvas church so that we could hide it under a bushel. No, we want to make sure it lights everybody in the room. Oh, let us make sure we are like that. Let us live a pure life. Let us live a godly life. And uh, our journey is being watched not only by our God, but by the non-believers. And, and our good words need to be manifested so that God would be glorified and that people would turn to God themselves and God desires for us to have a journey of purity and let's get closer to him and uh, let's draw nigh to God and he would draw nigh to us and let us cleanse our hearts and, and let us cleanse our hands because we're sinners by nature. We're supposed to be tempted into the fleshly lusts of this world and if you have sinned against him, if you have any waste in your life that is distracting in having this closer walk with Jesus, hey, put this away, repent and get right with God and walk with Jesus Christ in a very pers uh, personal, intimate way once again. Oh, I want to encourage you to live a pure life. Number two, not only do we have a base of purity that we need to concentrate on as we have this journey, but also we have a base of patience. The base of, base of patience. Verse 1 in Hebrews chapter 12 in our text, let us run with patience that is the, the race that is set before us. We all need to work on patience all the time. A woman sees a father shopping with a fussy two-year-old in his, in his grocery cart. Be patient, Billy, he whispers. You can handle this, Billy. It's okay, Billy. A woman from a distance saw this father shopping. And the woman said to him later on, I don't mean to interrupt your shopping, but I just have to tell you how wonderfully and lovingly and patiently you are with your boy, Billy. The man replied, actually, my son's name is Patrick. My name is Billy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, we always need to work on patience, don't we? And we always need to kind of talk to ourselves sometimes and even talk to God, of course. And, and, uh, and we often need to be reminded that we need patience. And as we run this race, it is important that we have patience. Many times we walk weary and tired in our faith because we simply do not have patience. Maybe the, uh, 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 the extra strength and the extra encouragement. But I, I want to encourage you tonight in Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, Thou shalt see it. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But be thou wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you believe those verses? And uh, we, we need to commit that 
to our hearts and we need to remind ourselves and go back to those references because we are impatient people. Why do we have fast foods? Because we're impatient. Even when we're in the line in McDonald's, we're still saying, hey, this needs to be faster. Why do we have microwaves? We're impatient. We can't wait for an oven to, you know, heat up our food for the next hour. We need it in one minute. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, coffee is developing, and uh, we have that Keurig machine, and, and, uh, and uh, I, 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 my uh, uh, in-laws gave me a Keurig machine as well. It's at home. It's still in a box and because there's one here. I only drink coffee when I'm at Keurig, and, uh, 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 but... Uh, because when I go home, I just want to sleep. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, uh, I brought my trick little, uh, you know, uh, one thing, one-shot things, and and uh, I bring, I brought that here. I drink that every single day, and and uh, you know, uh, that thing is amazing. You just put one little uh, carton there and put it in there, and within, if you use hot water, hey, it'd be done in ten seconds. Just a magic trick there. Don't put cold water or medium lukewarm water. Just put hot water there from a water fountain or something, and uh, man, just. And, and within 15 seconds, it starts pouring, and you get that coffee that you wanted. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I need to cut down. And uh, but twice this, this past Monday, I got a major headache at 4.30, and I thought that Pepsi would do it for me. But it didn't. And then I said, honey, I need more coffee. <laughs> and then she ran to McDonald's and just got me a cup of coffee. And uh, I only drink a half a cup. I need to control my coffee uh, situation here. Pray for me, all right? And I need to put down all the weights, and coffee is my weight right now. But, uh, you know, Bonds is simply saying, we're very impatient people. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you can even deal with traffic. Hey, this traffic system is wonderful compared to Mexico and the Philippines. I've been there, my brother. Right, right brother? And it's amazing. And, uh, and I, I'm not putting down any country, but it's just amazing that we're here. And, uh, and people do honor the ambulance vehicles. If you go to Korea, they won't. Did you know that a person died because nobody would get away from the ambulance vehicle? And, and that person died in the vehicle because the ambulance was not able to get to the hospital fast enough. And, uh, and uh, but, you know, I'm just simply saying uh, 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 we're very, in every sense, uh, uh, impatient with the things that, uh, that we have at hand. And, and it's part of our lifestyle all the time, especially living in Los Angeles. Everything's fast-paced, you know. And we got to make sure we don't do that with our spiritual lifestyle. And we got to wait on the Lord. And uh, notice the words of the writers, run with patience. Patience does not mean you stop running. Patience does not mean you slow down. Patient means keep the pace of the race faithfully. Impatient Christians tend to slow down or even try to quit the race. The famous missionary of the old had the great pace of running uh, the race with patience. Many of them had to endure persecution before they saw one conversion. And, but they endured and they kept on running. Remind yourself, even the Bible characters, journey of Abraham, journey of patience. And, and they wonder when that son Isaac was coming journey of Joseph, and uh, ah, he wondered uh, when he would be lifted among his brethren, and journey of Moses, you know, he wondered uh, uh, as he was in the wilderness tending the flock uh, for his 
father-in-law. When will be the time that God will deliver his people? Journey of Joseph, I, I, I mean Job, I'm sorry. And uh, he had patience through all those chapters and, and uh, how his wife was impatient and didn't hold that. And she said, curse God and die. And uh, I think about journey of David, journey of patience. Patience during Saul, patient during his own son's rebellion. And I believe all these people were great types of the Lord Jesus Christ who had the greatest patience. And as he endured that trial, as he endured all the mockery and shame, how he was patient, he could have just called the legions of angels and delivered himself from that crucifixion and from that persecution. But he did not do so. He was patient and loving. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, how we need to truly seek patience in our race and be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Be patient with relationships, too. And uh, we were a couple's retreat, and, and uh, one thing that spoke to my heart was that, hey, sometimes as, uh, in, our, in marriage, the husband or the wife tries to change the spouse and tries to, in every sense, verbally say, this is what you've been doing wrong, and this is what you need to correct. It could be a wife or a husband. And when we do that, it never works out. Because we don't give room and prayer for, to the Holy Spirit of God. And, uh, hey, the Holy Spirit is the one that needs, convert, that needs to convert the other party. It is the Holy Spirit that changes people. Flesh profiteth nothing, my friend. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit of God to change people. Change your children, change your marriage, or change your spouse. Change the people in this church. And uh, by the way, I thank God for the English ministry. I know we're not a big ministry here. I thank God for those who are attending a life connection. And, and we've been averaging 40 or so. That's a great encouragement for me. And, and we've been having a couple of new uh, attendees. And, and what a great encouragement to have them come through prayer and Bible study. And, and I thank God through those fellowship and through those Bible studies that they could be more like Jesus Christ. And by the way, that is our goal as a church, to be more like Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, we're not trying to be like other men or women around this church. No, we're trying to be like Jesus Christ. And uh, thank God for good, healthy English ministry even today. And, and I think about how uh, we had a little lower attendance today. But I thank God for all those people who stayed for the Bible study. I thank God for those who are really serious about learning God's word and growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they're doing so, they're patiently waiting for the Lord to change them. And, and by the way, God makes everything beautiful in his time. You might look really marred and terrible right now, but the potter knows his stuff. He knows what to do with you. He wants to take it day by day, week by week. And uh, you cannot be transformed to a super Christian the next day. There is no formula for that. You've got to make sure that you renewed day by day, as the Bible says. Day by day, you're walking closer to Jesus. Day by day, you're reading God's word. Day by day, you're praying. Day by day, you're forgiving your spouse, forgiving your children, loving your family. Day by day, you're listening to preaching. Day by day, you're going in on the, uh, uh, going at kneeling and at the invitation. And day by day, uh, you're having that personal devotion and walk with Christ. Oh, just wait upon him. Just wait upon him. And don't try to go in front of Christ and uh, let us make sure we wait upon the Lord. 
And uh, so with that in mind, journey of clarity, journey of patience, number three, faith with perspective. We've got to have that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Where is the motivation and strength to go in our journey? It's Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, not that as we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, our sufficiency is of God. We would, ha- we would say to ourselves, our journey is hard and weary. Yes, it is. I agree with you, but not with Christ. It is challenging, but it is comforting, like I said in the beginning. And by the way, you know what would encourage us when we are weary in our journey is verse 3, as we think about, for consider him that endures the contradiction of sinners against himself. Just think about what Christ went through. That would encourage us. And uh, the hard journey to Golgotha, the hard journey to Calvary, the amazing thing was that he didn't deserve any of it. Such contradiction of sin. And I mentioned on Wednesday night, you know, uh, Christ, uh, uh, I mean, the Old Testament prophecy was fulfilled when and uh, when the Jews hated Christ without a cause. Remember that? I mentioned that on Wednesday night. Without a cause. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes uh, we think that we don't deserve it. And sometimes you're right. We don't deserve those, you know, uh, 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 despisement and, and persecution or maybe even uh, neglection. We don't deserve that. And, uh, 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 and, and many times we're tempted to live e- ease in the world and be comfortable with the world because we don't want to face that difficulty. And, but think of Christ. He didn't deserve it either. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of gods, the creator of the universe, the holy, the, ho- the, 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 the holy God Almighty. Consider him before you say, what about me? And it was unfair for the Lord Jesus Christ Hey, it'd be unfair for you too. And just identify your life with Jesus and be with the Lord Jesus. May God help us to have a better perspective, Christ's perspective. Let's stop looking at our journey with our own eyes, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light and the beauty uh, and the glory of his grace. I want to encourage you today. And when you're weary and faint in your mind, look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And uh, do I get weary? Do I get tired? Yeah, I do. I get weary. I get, I get a little tired. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, this past week, you know, uh, uh, just a couple concerns that just kind of occurred to me in our ministry. And, and uh, I somewhat had to pray over it and pray for specific people and, and, uh, and sometimes it gets, some tire, it gets tiring, and, and I saw ca- counsel with Pastor Troy as well, and, and sometimes, you know, as a pastor, you know, you can't wrap around all these different sensitive issues in your mind and, and think about what people perceive me as and how people view this and how people view that. And, and uh, sometimes it can be overwhelming because you are kind of in this uh, uh, goldfish mentality, that bull mentality, and people are looking at you, judging you all the time, and, and Pastor Troy encouraged me, you know, you can't please everybody. 
like, I don't want to please you at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I want to please you. I want to please you. I want to make sure I want to do it for you. And, and uh, but you know, I, I'm of the flesh, and I get worried about these things sometimes. And and that's one of the things I struggle with. And and I want to make sure I please you, but I please you so. I, I, and sometimes my heart is so that way that uh, I get disappointed when I don't. At the same time, I get so sensitive about well, how people view me and. And um, um, I don't know, it's, it's some kind of insecurity that I have. I'm just, you know, uh, uh, letting you know that, that you know me as a pastor. And that's some of my weaknesses that I have. And, uh, but uh, as I go through those things, I realize that, you know, the love covers it all. Jesus Christ's love covers it all. And it doesn't matter what I think, what other people think. We've got to love each other. And uh, I like that phrase, love is blind. Love is blind. So if I love you, and, and more abundantly I love you, the less I, the less I do love, as Apostle Paul said, if I preach to you love, if I share with you love, and I believe that you're able to do the same with me, because when grace is given, you like to share that grace with others. When joy is shared, you like to store, share that joy with others. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and I'm Brother Reed was said last, last Sunday morning, and as I was eating with him, he was sharing me with all these different statements of ministry. And he says, and uh, what goes around comes around. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, and uh, you know, in the sense, you know, make sure you're above reproach and make sure you live for God. But I also saw that the other way, too, the positive side. You know, if you give love, hey, you'll get love. And, uh, and I'm not going to sit around and pout and, and have this very bad perspective of my life and say, oh, Lord, why am I doing this, doing that, and this is not working. No, I, I've got to give. I've got to share, and I've got to step forward by faith. Because charity believeth all things, knoweth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And uh, I've got to have that perspective in my life. And, uh, and, and thank God for our senior pastors who has, ha, ha, does have that perspective for the last 26 years in our church. And I'm just simply saying tonight, I want to encourage you as believers that you truly uh, have that perspective of Christ. Why did Christ go to Calvary? Why did he endure all that pain? Because he loved us. He loved us. And eternal life comes in Christ. And it is worth it to love, to serve, to give, and do all the things that God has commanded you to do. And this journey is sweet. It's not fast getting sweeter day by day. And uh, uh, let's have a word of prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you.